You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Uh, you remember 1987, everyone. Uh, the, it's uh, you know, the, the, almost like the, the last throes of truly great horror. Clive Barker gave us a really kinky and sometimes generally nightmarish movie in Hellraiser, which became iconic for one visual image, and that is Pinhead. Pinhead's not even the main character in that first one. He's not the Michael Myers of the Hellraiser series in its original formation. The Cenobites are a group of godlike beings. Not just Pinhead, but it seems over time that's the one that everyone fixated on. So Pinhead is synonymous with Hellraiser. I have no love for the original, so coming into this hot and fresh, I didn't know exactly what to expect here. What we get is another Hellraiser movie. You've seen a Hellraiser movie, you've seen this movie. And I don't mean to come in sounding cynical, but it has been just past 30 years. And how often do just past 30 years sequels of originals tend to land in the good column. Well, we're here to discuss that. I am TCD Wood of the Screener Squad, and joining me is Tessa. Howdy, howdy. Film critics to some, demons to others. <laughs> and Neil. Enter if you dare. <laughs> well, this movie kicks off with a lawyer for a hedonistic millionaire, Roland Voigt, uh, procuring a rare and familiar to the franchise object that she then brings to her millionaire employer who then throws a nice fancy little party and convinces a sexy young joey to try to solve the puzzle and oh his fingers cut and oh chains out of nowhere and oh let's get a portal to hell going here fast forward to six years later we meet our main character riley who is a recovering drug addict and living with her brother Matt and his boyfriend colin and their roommate nora who was clearly just shipped in to be a victim and Riley's boyfriend, Trevor, convinces her to help break into an abandoned storage warehouse where they steal a puzzle box. Hmm, where's this going? Returning home later, she gets an argument with Matt. He assumes she's relapsed. She goes out, relapses, has herself a couple pills, solves that puzzle box, fails to be cut by it. So the Cinnabites appear to her and tell her to choose another victim to pass the box on to, and so on and so forth. It's a Hellraiser movie. What more do you need to know? How did we feel about Hellraiser 2022? I've I've seen some artwork for this in the works for a while. I want to say, God, it was maybe like eight years ago or something. I saw some artwork for this. And I don't know if it was for the same film or director, if it was somebody else that was trying to like get it going. But some of the artwork I saw was really cool. So I am a fan of this franchise. I've seen all of them and some of them more than others. And yeah, some of them better than others. It's always it's always great when you have your horror, you know, franchise. And you're like, well, we've done everything. What can we do now? Go to space. <laughs> Go to space. <laughs> Leprechaun Pretty did much. it. Jason did it. 
Hellraiser did it. Well, you mentioned the artwork, the concept art for this. Yes, you can find a bunch of that because this has been in the works for quite some time. Mm-hmm. One thing I will say about this movie, it's a good looking movie. There's some really good production design here that's very in line with this franchise, which, as I admitted, I don't have a love for this franchise, but I respect the hell out of it because something Clive Barker set as a standard from that first one that has carried on, the production design in these movies are always really, really good. This updated version of the Cinebites is great, and the puzzle nature here, mixing the CG with the practical, looks great, and... Hulu, once again, is proving they release movies to Hulu that should get a chance to be in theaters. Prey, Fresh, this, they keep making these movies they drop on their streaming service that deserve to be seen on the big screen. I think this would do well, like all horror movies do, especially franchise horror movies. I, I, the original franchise, which there's like 10, Right, there's a bunch. The first two yeah. I I really enjoy. Three starts to go a little silly, and then I think four has a good twist ending, and then, uh, <laughs> so I don't hold the original. But Pinhead, which by the way, looking up trivia, of this Barker always hated that name for the character. It was never given a name. It was just no Hell Priest, She Hulk. Yes, <laughs> but that character. The monologue, the look, everything ends up on the same Michael Meyer, Jason Voorhees, Freddy kind of, if you, they're iconic for what they do and how they sound and how they look. Mm -hmm. This one is, it's just okay. I mean, I like the changing up of our main characters not sympathetic, like the main character in the original. Her dad's missing and she's just trying to figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. This character, while isn't like an anti-hero, but not hateable, isn't a true heroine. They get they stumble into this, and everyone else gets caught up in the chains, literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think the the re-imaging of the Cenobites is kind of cool, but we barely get to see them. They're in shadow most of the time. They keep introducing new ones. I mean, in the last ten minutes, we see two new ones yeah. that yeah. barely do anything. So that's a lot of work those actors and production and makeup had to do. That don't get any real screen time. They pulled away from the leather look and went more uh, natural. Their wardrobe is their skin and their, their not mutations, but deforming, you know, all the twisting and of bone and everything like that. So they get away from that look, but then we barely get to see them. The Cinemites do a left turn with Riley later that doesn't make sense other than to stretch the story out. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I really liked a lot of pieces of it. So it's for me, it's kind of a near miss in places, but it doesn't fail and it doesn't really super succeed for me. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind a sequel if they can straighten it up and narrow the focus. Like, let's not get a dozen Cenobites or anything like that. The priest, as it's listed in IMDb, the the pinhead looking character gets mm-hmm. the monologue a little, but I wanted way more of that. That's the spokesperson of this group. And they answer the call of the box. That changed a little bit, but I wanted more of the priest. That's, you know, if it's the main horror character, maybe not the main story character. But they got the Cinemites all got shortchanged, including the priest. So yeah. I think that's where it just, eh, it's, it's okay. I wouldn't avoid it, but I'm not like, you got to see it. You got to see it now. What, what my problem here of this movie just in general is the lack of any surprises. This doesn't have any new things to add to this franchise, let alone movies of this type. If you've never seen a Hellraiser, 
this is going to feel so familiar and derivative. It's going to feel like a gorier, sexier The Ring in a lot of regards because it's passing on the curse. It's mm. It's got a lot of checking the boxes of this horror genre. It's not a slasher movie, so you're not running from a killer killer monster. Oh, people are getting slashed pretty, pretty yeah, frequently. I, I, I say it's not a slasher in that it's not like a single yeah, no. murderous monster that is just picking off people as it goes. It, it has sure. a, a little more unique quality to it, which is why I was always fascinated by Hellraiser because it's not one singular bad guy. It is the Cenobites. And I wouldn't mind a sequel either because there is potential in this franchise. That's why it has varying degrees of good and bad quality over the course of the 10 movies that exist. But yeah, this movie just constantly undercooked things or the really cool stuff they had, they didn't give enough of it. Like Riley and Matt's relationship is established pretty shallowly in the first mm-hmm. 15 minutes. Strike the first six minutes that that you get the cold open. And so we don't, I don't feel like we ever quite attach ourselves to this hero enough that we're rooting for them and their cause, which you do get from your sympathetic villain in the original, where, as Neil has pointed out, she's just trying to find her damn dad. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you root for them in enough as, like, she's trying to, like, clean up and her and her brother are kind of, you know, trying to hash things out. And he's being... I don't know. I felt like he was being a little overbearing, but then I don't know what their background, mm-hmm. you know, was like. We weren't sure like what what they had to deal with up until that point. But I kind of felt like her brother was being a bit like overbearing or dramatic and like kicked her out and like she's potentially relapsing. But I, I don't think she had at that point. I don't know. It's just yeah. like yeah. I don't know. Just their relationship was pretty strained from the jump. Mm-hmm. To your point, we don't learn anybody's background. We just get them in the now. Mm-hmm. that's it why riley is this way why matt's this way like any of the mm-hmm. cinnabites are cinnabites nothing nobody yeah i think yeah. if you've followed this franchise even if intermittently if you've indulged in just a handful of these that's why i say this is just another one that this doesn't you, you know a lot of the callbacks here and a lot of the referential stuff and that to me is lazy because if this was the first hellraiser you're ever going to see you're going to be bored by it you won't understand why this has the iconic status it has. Even Pinhead, though I'm interested in all the redesigns of the Cenobites and moving away from like the kinky S&M look of the original, feels less iconic. It's like when they redid Freddy Krueger for the remake mm-hmm. of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I guess that looks like Freddy Krueger, but it's not Robert Englund, and therefore it's missing a lot of what makes Freddy Krueger so iconic. And I'm not saying yeah. that we needed the original Pinhead back or the priest. I'm not saying we needed – just saying that a lot of those Clive Barker-isms, as weird and as kinky and strange as they can be, wasn't here. Uh, so it just feels shallow. This whole thing in general feels shallow. I feel like the drinking game phrase for this review is kinky. Every time TC says kinky, <laughs> you drink. Listen, don't shame me for how I feel. I'm not. I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum, man, you know? <laughs> Angels to some, demons to other, whatever. <laughs> but uh, maybe not. Maybe not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, I I kind of feel that as far as like there's yeah some characters could have been fleshed out, <laughs> pun intended, uh, a bit more. But it just seems like you just know who's the cannon fodder mm-hmm. when this starts out. You're like, okay, they're gonna die, and they're gonna die, and they're gonna die. 
one of the ones that managed to make it out was like, really? All right, cool. (laughs) Good for them. (laughs) See, therein lies the problem of discussing a movie that offers us so little in the way of Mm -hmm. new stuff or whatnot is that we get these pauses and in the conversation, like, well, what do we talk about next? And yeah, without tap dancing in the spoilers. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think the performances here are actually quite strong. The actress playing Riley, Odessa Azion, is very good. She's very compelling on screen. She has a very unique look about her. She's not this damsel in distress. She doesn't fall into some of the cliches of the buxom, screaming, running away, last girl isms. She has a very real quality to her. I think all the performances across the board falling behind her, she leads the movie well and everyone falls into place really nicely into their roles. Honestly, the Cenobites themselves never really left an impression upon me. They look cool when we do get to see them, but there's nothing about them that's haunting me or leaving me remembering them. Other than I will say I liked what they did with the priest's voice, Pinhead's voice. I thought some of the other Cenobites were a little bit new. Some of them are redesigns of previous Cenobites, and some were, like, entirely new. Mm -hmm. I want to say, okay, so we got the Weeper, the Chatterer. The Chatterer is a classic. Yep. Because chat, yes. (laughs) One was called the Gasp. And that was the one, I think, that had, like, the weird neck thing Mm -hmm. going on Mm -hmm. that was splayed open. Like, she's a redesign of a previous one. There's one called the Asphyx, the Weeper, the Mask, the Mother. See, so like, there's too many. They... It's too many to be – it's turning into yeah. like video game territory where it's like one boss minion after And it's another. like Mask and Mother are in the – briefly show up in the last 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did like I – don't, I don't consider this a spoiler, but the Cinnabites all had little tiny qualities of the puzzle box incorporated into their look as well. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was a nice touch. Like Priest has – their vocal cords look like they are part of the puzzle box. Mm-hmm. And then other mm-hmm. ones had part of that metal and stuff in there that they are of, this is their origin. This thing has led to their origin. So that was a cool little thing. And you got to see that. They didn't avoid that. but That goes to the production design being so good in this. I think that's an element that deserved to have been seen on the big screen. Because sitting here and appreciating the look and design of this movie... I think it would have been well-suited for in a movie theater experience, especially some of the jump scares that tend to verge into the cliche you see them coming. You watch a movie like this with a crowd, it's going to elicit the sort of energy that improves the experience of watching a movie like this. I watched this alone in my living room, and while I have a pretty damn good sound system and could appreciate that, I was kind of bored through the whole thing. Were there any jump scares? I don't think there were. I guess more of like skin crawling moments, like the pins through the throats, which actually. Yeah, I would agree with that. The POV with the throat was like. (laughs) What got me was the sleeving was the one that kind of got me. That's a good good squirmy moment. Yeah, (laughs) That I was like, "Mm, no. mm." (laughs) Anyways, but yeah, the gore in this was great. The practical effects were great. And as we said, the acting was pretty spot on, too. So I well, go ahead and wrap that into some final thoughts. If you want to put a rating on there or any final things you'd like to say. Oh, I'll slap I'll slap a rating on there. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a eight out of ten uh, extreme body modifications. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to pay extra for those. 
<laughs> with your soul. Neil. <laughs> I agree with R- Riley's one of the highlights, too. She didn't play a stereotypical addict, even though it's an addict. It's part of her character because mm-hmm. it's even worked in there. Of like, are you sure or are you high? Like they initially they worked mm-hmm. that in. They didn't lean on it too hard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it six out of ten changes you don't want anywhere near you (laughs) (laughs) this movie's not bad this movie has a lot of good moving parts to it pun intended but i never felt like they truly locked in to give something that is deserving of the icon status of this franchise but honestly none of the sequels really live up to that original one either i last year for my halloween viewing i put all all the classics on there that i could i watched hellraiser for the first time in a long time and it's an uncomfortable watch, and that's intentional. Clive Barker is a guy mm-hmm. who likes to like mess with people, and you squirm through it. And oh, while Frank, yeah. oh. <laughs> and while there are some squirmy moments in this, just in general, it just feels like mm, good, great, solid effort, but nothing that's leaving me going like, "Yep, add this to the list." This does feel like those reboots of Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth, Texas Chainsaw, where it's like, "Okay, this is a cover song." Cover songs can be good. Like sometimes a band can really rock out a good version of a classic hit. But end of the day, you're gonna want to hear the original Africa by Toto, not Weezer. So I'm gonna give this a six out of ten pins. Easy. Pins. <laughs> pins. Just pins. Everybody had pins. Everyone had pins. pins. A little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I guess with that said, uh, I have this puzzle box that I don't really feel like solving it myself. With either of you, put two, it down, TC. You, you should, I, put it wh- down. One of you, maybe Neil. Why don't you, why don't you take it? Neil, why don't you take that for mm-hmm. me and, and solve it? Yes. Just smack it. Let smack me get my chainmail gloves on Here first. Yeah. yeah. Ah, curses. All right, next time. Next time. Damn it! Why didn't Doggett join this review? I know I could have tricked him into doing it. <laughs> put a pin in it. Ah, there you go. 